So if um, some of you guys have been journeying with us for the last uh, two weeks, um, we've been sharing over this theme of knowing and owning our identity in Christ. And with that, we also, ex- we also just emphasize that we, we are called into a spiritual battle to claim the promises that the Lord has given each of us. And to do that, we need to arm ourselves. And we use this wonderful passage from two kings where we looked at this amazing picture that God gives us in two kings. It's a wonderful picture of one of the battles that the nation of Israel had to fight. But what this specific passage is so incredible about, it also shows us a glimpse of what is happening in the heavenly realm. And it was amazing to see how God has shaped us through this passage and through us sharing of what God is calling us to do and how God is calling us to fight this fight and not the way the world has called us to fight this fight. So we had that wonderful scripture that we had as our intro. And this morning, um, we're going to have a little thing different. I've uh, invited Adrian to come up. Adrian's going to be sharing uh, his testimony with us this morning. And um, as we share this dialogue, and then when I share some of the word afterwards, um, I'm just so excited. Please sit, Adrian, and I'll, I'll join you. We'll see whether the sound is in the right place. Um, Adrian and Mariska joined the church two and a half years ago. And for me personally, and for many of us in this church, it has been an absolute blessing to see what God has done through them and what He's done just as their testimonies to us as a body. And um, I, I, I asked Adrian a few weeks ago, quite a few weeks ago, as I was preparing that uh, he should uh, have courage to come up and share this, this, this testimony with us. So, um, really excited about this. Adrian, just, hi. Good morning, Lyft. Uh, does that sound okay at the back, Rinas? Yeah. You guys happy with that? Um, thanks, Ken. I think, you know, to me, when we journeyed through this thing, I think it was a perfect uh, uh, time to, um, you know, to, for me to talk about it, you know, the little story that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually fits perfectly in place with what you've been journeying with and, and with us, the uh, um, message to us in the past few weeks. So, morning, everybody. Morning, Lyft. Um, just as a brief uh, um, introduction, Mariska and I are originally from Johannesburg. We moved to Cape Town many years before we actually moved to Lyft. Um, we were both in the pharmaceutical, well, Mariska's on the pharmaceutical industry. I was privileged to be uh, in the medical device sales industry in Cape Town for many years. Um, Life in Cape Town, I think, for people who's visited Cape Town, um, you know, for us to have lived there was absolutely amazing. We, we had such a fantastic time. It was mm-hmm. a wonderful environment. Um, you know, we were happy in our, in our, in our jobs. Um, but w- within medical devices, um, you know, I, I soon, after 14 years, I, I soon found myself in, in, in a position where, you know, I was um, represented by a big company, a top management position in Cape Town. And with, with not no, really knowing the Lord before we really got engaged and got married, where we became more church, more regular churchgoers, um, I never really had that identity in Christ. You know, it was always for me to chase the success of, of, of the world, you know, to, to sort of chase that, that raise, to chase that bigger car, or, 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 the, or the more, you know, always upgrading everything that I thought that I knew that I, I needed to have. And um, it was also just such a selfish way of life because what had happened was I always wanted to beat the next guy, you know, I always wanted to, um, uh, um, to prove to myself and to everybody else mm-hmm. that, look, this is me, you can't compete mm-hmm. as a competitive person that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that really completely overshadowed the fact of having, uh, the importance at least, of having an identity in Christ, you know, because there was just no relationship. Even if we, uh, even if, if you made know, some even, decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Even if we, um, as we, as we 
started becoming churchgoers, like I mentioned, it just mm. completely overshadowed the fact that, mm. you know, that we, um, that we, that I needed it mm. because it's such a selfish life. Yeah. Um, but let me try and get us to a place where you arrived here at church to a Christmas Eve service. You walked into Lyft. What, what took place there? Well, I think the first mistake I made, if I can go back to Cape Town, is, you know, we read in Matt 633 that seek first the, the kingdom of, of, of God right. and everything else we can can you. But um, by not having a relationship, that completely, you know, didn't even cross my mind. You know, when Matthew was in the Bible. Mm. Um, and when we arrived, it was, it was, we were very excited to come to Zook. I mean, we arrived on Christmas. Our first serve, service here was in, 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 on mm. Christmas. Uh, we knew about Lyft before we uh, left mm -hmm. South Africa, um, and we completely settled in. You know, we mm -hmm. met some amazing people. We met you guys. We, uh, you know, we met Piet, mm -hmm. and Mariska settled into a into a job pretty well, and, and and everything was just okay. But I, I soon found myself in a position. I'd actually left the device industry in South Africa before I arrived, um, and I arrived in this attitude of, you know, what? But it's always been successful with regards to my career. Whatever it is I take on here will be the same, right? Boy, was I wrong. You know, I, I arrived in this in this space where, look, it's going to work. And um, in fact, what had happened was I, I started another company, tourism and wine imports, as you know. Um, and I just had one closed door, you know, after yeah. the other. Um, it became incredibly frustrating because I didn't know how to handle it. And as, as a fairly young um, sort of church goer, because we hadn't had been baptized yet, mm -hmm. um, I, I soon found myself in a space where this is moving away from wanting to settle into a career uh, and more into a personal battle because I didn't know what was busy happening. I didn't know I was taken away from everything I knew and all the success. What am I going to chase now? Mariska's at work all day. I'm in a snowstorm, literally. Um, and uh, um, I, I just didn't know what was busy happening and why the Lord was busy stripping me from everything I thought I knew. Um, you know, and, and, and that's when I came to a point where you know, we, uh, we, we kept on journeying and lift, yeah. and that's when we realized that, mm. what not realized, made the conscious decision that we wanted to get baptized. Mm. Um, very special day. We all lined up here um, in, in front. I can, and, um, I can just share, um, as, as we started realizing and, and just being part of, uh, we invited that we're part of our small group, um, and as Marika and, 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 and Audrey decided to be baptized, these are the words that they were sharing, is that you know, the Lord's been speaking us through for what we've been hearing here. And we as elders just realized that, that he needs to be saved. He needed to own the reality of surrendering to the Lord. So that, that all happened in this one amazing moment of Audrey realizing, I just need the Lord in my life. And when we, we celebrated the baptism shortly after that, this was such an incredible moment for us to be with this family and see that God is doing something new in their lives. Um, for us as a church, it was a true, true amazing uh, experience. In those days, we didn't have the jacuzzi, so it took a week to fill the, fill the, fill the pool and maybe a leak or two. It was a very different movie. And there was also, there was also not the, 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 the privilege of having a heater. <laughs> no, there wasn't which a heater. Nowadays, no, so. Which nowadays <laughs> highly recommended because winter doesn't matter if you want to get baptized. <laughs> so now we had these wonderful moments, but that was like the start of something new. Uh, in their lives and then let's just just move into so what happened after that definitely there were some changes um you know as you grow in the word and in scripture and fellowship and, mm -hmm. and settling into a church um you start realizing that you're being chipped away for a reason and up until the stage i didn't realize this and things became more apparent mm -hmm. of i'm being stripped of what i knew and uh, um, what i knew about myself what i knew about relationships 
And, um, you know, I was being, I started becoming more whole, if I could put it that way, uh, holding the word, holding, yeah. holding scripture. Yeah. Um, although one step forward, two steps back kept on happening completely. You know, it, it's just, um, I, I can't sit here and say that it was uh, just a switch overnight mm. because it certainly wasn't with me. Some people, and we hear these wonderful stories of um, some people waking up the next day and, uh, and it's entirely new life for me. It didn't work like that. There was a battle going on. There was definitely a battle going on. I think it was because, you know, an entire lifetime of not living in the Word, um, it needed to, uh, I, I, f I feel the Lord wanted it to happen um, following with the battle so that we can sort things out and move on and move on and move on. Mm. Um, and I realized that. Um, so, un yeah, unfortunately, it didn't happen for me straight away. We mm. kept on fellowshipping. Um, mm. But I, I, had, I had an understanding of what it is how it should be mm. and that's when that's when the enemy saw of what my progress was you know and, and then and, and, and then yeah. i want to just kind of focus a little bit on that now and, and and just kind of put into words some of the things that you were dealing with now you're baptized you're a, you're a child of god and but this, this is the reality you were dealing with i think we all have an idea of um, spiritual warfare um, you know, we hear these wonderful stories or reality stories that there's a battle going on sometime, somewhere in the universe and, you know, it's the agents and demons fighting each other for our lives, but we don't experience it. Or I haven't come across somebody mm. that experienced it mm. in such a, mm. um, such a very intense way. Mm. Um, it completely knocked me um, out. It was such a real experience where I could actually hear it. I mean, can you imagine you wake up in the morning and can hear voices and you can hear this battle going on? Accusations. Um, accusations of... You're not worthy. Yeah, um, you know, you can't fight against me because you're not strong enough. Mm. Um, you know, I, I would often, um, I would often just walk up and down the house and say, "Look, this is just, you know, physically touching my head and saying what's busy happening." Mm. Um, not all the time. When I fell into temptation, that's when really, um, you know, it, it, it's like you have conviction. This, yeah, absolutely, you've got this one step forward. The devil sees you having progression, and he will pull you straight back, mm. you know, into this this universe of of, of darkness. Um, and that's how I, I experienced it, you know, mm. it was this absolute reality of, um, boy, what's happening, mm. you know, and um, what I had to hold on to that was, I think, a, an incredible saving grace, um, not that while I was going through the spiritual warfare, I kept on saying to myself, hey, but you're baptized, dude, what's going on, you can, mm. you can handle this, but it was still a covenant I made before the Lord, you see, mm. um, and although it was so overwhelming, um, the Lord knew that mm. you still committed, you yeah. know, just the other day. So, the salvation, um, that hope in the salvation was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that helmet of salvation, you know, mm. salvation of getting baptized, um, although, again, in my case, it didn't happen straight away, um, just completely, you know, uh, um, helped me through this yeah. scenario. I mean, what had changed was um, one day I was, I was at home and it was in a very bad state. Um, I walked up and down the house and I didn't know what was happening and something needed to happen right now. And you, you pitched up at my house. You arrived mm -hmm. at my place, and um, we prayed that intense prayer mm -hmm. of deliverance. Yeah. Um, that was a tremendous step mm -hmm. forward in that exact moment. What you know, what I needed. Yeah, just to give you some context. So um, it wasn't planned. Uh, I, I knew I was, I was kind of signaled to to go there, and I walked in, kind of left work in the middle of the day, arrived at Arden's house, and I saw my friend was, he was battling with with our enemy. He was, um, he was, and I knew in that moment that I needed to pray with authority and with, with my identity in Christ for deliverance. And we spent three, four hours praying for God to just release those, 
you just take hold of all of that that's, that continually keeps bombarding him, that he's, uh, he was shattered. His faith was shattered. And I saw the love of God just come and take hold of my friend. And it, he, was, he was absolutely, it was an incredible thing for me to be part of. Um, but it was, there was deliverance that took place on that day. And it, that was one of the moments that God just... That, that was one of the moments, and mm. perhaps I can just go back one step. Um, before that had happened, it was so severe that I actually just gave up. I mean, there was a stage where my dear wife literally had to drag me to church. Um, I would look for any excuse not to go to home group, um, and um, uh, it was just so overwhelming. And, and, and then, you know, it was, this is where, this is where um, you know, the prayer of deliverance happened. And yes. With that, um, I always had a prayer, even through our journey, yeah. these selfish prayers of saying, Lord, this is what I need. I need this. I need that. You know, make that happen. I think this is going to make me feel better. And and after after this 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 intense journey, I realized, but just I'm just doing it wrong completely. Mm. You know, this is this is not what I need, right? This is this is ultimately what the, where the Lord wants us to be. Um, and and that's a sense of surrender in a way. And and something that it also worked was that now it feels lighter. You know, I've got the weight off me because you you kind of just say, look, I'm way too weak for this. This isn't, this isn't, you know, what I signed up for. Um, mm. But I knew that this is what, this, this is the journey that the Lord needed to take me on wow. in order just to become more pure. Um, and with the surrendering comes for having to wait, be still in silence and patience, mm. which I think my dear wife will also tell me, <laughs> tell you that <laughs> that might be another battle, um, you know, for me, because I, I battle with this tremendously. Um, and, and, that was just the three things that was mm. pivotal in, into me becoming, handling it better, if I can put it that yes. way. So, so tell me then, where, where do you find yourself now? How do you, how are you, if you can encapsulate? I think if, if whoever thinks that this war is going to just end, by all means, you know, mm. it, it would be wonderful. But I think we're all on this journey, and I think to answer your question, where I am right now is an obviously in much better space. Mm. Um, I'm in an environment where I owned up to those three things. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in an environment where, um, you know, I've got amazing support from my, from my beautiful wife. And, and I think a, a continuous journey, you know, in, in this thing is, is what's going to do the ultimate healing. But mm -hmm. do I fall back onto the ways of the world? Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's something that's there. The temptation is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, am I there where I can just hold up my shield all the time? trying but you know it, it, it mm. it's it's a battle mm. um much better um in fact the voices and, and you know this intenseness mm. and all that stuff completely mm. disappeared and mm. then it was completely gone mm. i think just because realizing realizing just that ephesians 6 and what you've touched on the past few weeks mm. it's so amazing that you're going to continue with after this mm. um it's just such a powerful powerful thing to mm. hold on to you know, if I think of, I think of the shield of faith, I've almost got this picture. And during our journey, you mentioned it all the time of standing firm. Mm. You know, you always want to lean forward mm. and, and sort of just hold that shield, mm. you know, with arrows of lambs just ricocheting off it. But unfortunately, um, you know, it, mm. it's, it's, it's something that's a work in presence that, and I'll continue at least. Yeah. I also want to just highlight how Adrian's, you know, journey with a man, when you pray with someone and you pray together, when... You, you see how, how God starts changing, the Holy Spirit starts taking hold of the way a person prays. And the way, the, 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 with his identity, there's this incredible truth that when we start 
bringing up God's word and we, we, we are holding on to it in these moments. And that's what I've seen. There's been this incredible sense of God's word as some of it's become life to you. And I don't know if you want to just share how that's... I think when you experience it in such a way that, mm. that I did, um, and anything good happens, it's just this remarkable thing of, wow, this is true. You know, the salvation's true, the, uh, uh, um, you know, God's grace is true, and, and the commitment of, mm. of, of wanting to do it and seeking yeah. to do it, um, and the, the power of, 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 of God in conjunction with that just changes you. Mm. I think it, for me, it was, it was definitely um, a, a scenario that was so clear yeah. that what I needed and what I'd equip me with. You see, I think Lord equips you with things to handle this. Yeah. Ephesians 6 yeah. from verse 10 onwards. Yeah. Um, and I'm by no means sitting here saying that, um, you know, it, 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 it's completely over because the ways of the, of the world still gets yeah. us. Yeah. Um, but I think we're equipped with, yeah. and the Lord equips us with the armor. Yes. It's, he's equip, equipped us with equipment. Yeah, cool. So, so yeah, it is, um, you know, it, it's something that was yeah. very special. So, so in closing, maybe you can share one truth from God's word that's that you've hung on to with your fingernails this this is a verse that um, that is very close to or very um, significant to, to Mariska and I especially the letter 33 um, and it's something that I've not just even before the journey that I mm. that I that I really held on to um, it says call on me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things you didn't know so even though we're calling for mm. something we know God will show us something that we didn't even know. That's and Jer Jeremiah, 33, Jeremiah verse, 33 verse 3. 33 verse 3. Mm. Um, and that was just an incredible, you know, sort of lifeline. Because you, you know what you need to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and in Ephesians 13, if I can quote, um, it says, when, when the battle might come, yeah. you will be ready. Yeah. When you the evil ready. day comes. Yeah, excuse me. Your evil day. Yeah. When your evil day, when your evil day comes. And, mm. That's why it's so important to, to take up the armor of God because it's, it's going to come, it's going to hit you. If, if, if it hasn't yet, then mm. you know, it, it might not come in such a significant yeah. way because you think you have everything sorted out. But it's, it's, it's just such it's a privilege real. to be able to pick it up. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll ask Aaron to share this testimony because I've seen him own his identity in Christ. I've seen God change a man as he drew near to God with just as he was in everything he was facing. And I've seen God answer and just take hold and heal. He loves us. He restores us. And he wants us to know that this is how he wants us to own the spiritual blessings and the realities of the covenant we have through him, through Jesus Christ. Arden, thank you so much for sharing this. I know Pleasure. it took a lot of courage. No, no. And it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to be just, you know, there's things that, that, we, we can, that I can testify about this, this man where um, ability to, to have the courage through the Holy Spirit to identify people that are kind of going through the same thing that he's been going through. And the next thing I hear, this guy's been encouraged because Arden's been speaking to him. They're getting together for prayer. And I just realized, Lord, everything you do for us is for a purpose for your glory. And I thank the Lord for that. Pleasure. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Arden. <clears throat> So, why do we share testimonies? <clears throat> because in the Bible, in the Revelations, the Lord, is, there's, a, there's a command that is shared about us believers in this present age. And it's found in Revelations 12 verse 11. 
and it declares this amazing thing. It's made about you and me, but it's declared of what our purpose is and what our role is in, in this present age. And it goes like this. It says, and they conquered or they overcame him, which is the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So I know that as we share testimonies, as we share with our mouths what Audrey just did now, that the testimonies that we share conquers and breaks down and opens up. There is faith that is re released as we share our testimonies and as we own the testimony as we hear it. And that's <clears throat> why I'm so excited to be able to start the message with that because I know our faith has been, been stirred. So from here, it's just kind of hold on to your breeches and let the Lord just deal with it. But uh, our testimonies, as we share with people, as we share about what God is doing in our lives, know this, friends, that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. Very, very, very incredible thing. Our faith is lifted by hearing and having courage to share that. So thank you, my brother. Um, <clears throat> that took courage. So this morning, I will be concluding our three-part series. And it's been such a wonderful time for us to share it together in this church. As I've uh, really, as I mentioned early on, I, I really wanted the Lord to just show me how I can wake us up, open our eyes to see who we are in Christ. With that knowledge, be able to, to, to stand and stand firm because we are dealing with some serious things in our lives. And if we deal with it the way the world deals with it, we are exhausted. And in the preparation up to the months leading, I felt the Lord was calling us and Peter and I were praying into this <clears throat> that I should be sharing in this specific passage. So today is the final one of the three. And I really want to encourage you. If I know there's, I see there's a lot of new faces that have come back from holidays. Uh, take the time and, and listen to the other two messages because I'm going to just briefly summarize um, some of the other points that we've made. But it's going to do no justice to the actual time we've spent in God's Word sharing this and building each other up over this period. So please take the time and have a, have a listen to the messages <clears throat> that followed, the last two. And uh, I need to put my glasses on. So as I, as I mentioned, as you can see, we've, um, we've been journeying, and it's been such a blessing for us to realize. We made this declaration, and it was a, a wonderful moment where we asked the Lord to open our eyes to enable us to see who we are in Christ. We had this incredible theme that we mentioned up front, and we said that for all of us, <clears throat> we need to know that we are children of God. From, first, from Colossians 1 verse 13, we needed to declare that out loud and say that we are children of God, that we are citizens of heaven, that we were citizens of the kingdom of darkness. It's found in Colossians, but now we've been transferred, we've been redeemed, and we have a new identity in Christ. We can relate to those people who are still living under the authority and the, and the kingdom <clears throat> of the evil one, because we were all there. We knew what that was, to be tossed, to be changed, to do things the world's ways. But we needed to own that reality that as children of God, we have to have our minds focused on heavenly things, and we need to own our identity so that we can walk in faith with authority and power. A wonderful thing. We mentioned this incredible truth as we looked at the Old Testament, about that in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, they were given a physical covenant. Go and take possession of the promised land. We know that. But that was a physical covenant that was made between them and God. And God said, 
go and take possession of the land. They had to take hold of it. But there were enemies in the land. And they had to fight physical battles to claim the promises that God gave them. That's what happened in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. We live in this new covenant. Uh, we have a spiritual covenant with God, which is <clears throat> in Jesus Christ. And in the same space to own the spiritual blessings that God wants to give us, we have to fight them spiritually. We have to fight spiritually, not physically. And God equips us as we looked at Matthew. Jesus shows us how to do this. And we said this incredible statement that Jesus shows us as he's been tempted that we need to, anything that we deal with, anything that we seem is the most most important, the most needed thing that we have to do in our lives today, whether it's whatever it is. There is nothing in this world that we need more. We declared this also. There's nothing that we need more in this world than to hang on every word, every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is our greatest need, to draw close to the Father and be reliant on the Heavenly Father. That is, that is our greatest need. If we put everything else into that perspective and through that, with faith and the authority that we have with clinging onto that word, we're able to, to do things. We're able to, to move from that place of God revealing his word to us. That was the statement. <clears throat> the next thing, of course, is knowing what it is to have this authority, knowing our identity. We need to know how to fight spiritually. And we had this incredible time as we started sharing about how God equips us to fight the spiritual fight. Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians and also in the letter to the Thessalonians how we fight spiritually. It's not a physical thing. If we try and do things in our own strength, it's not going to work. He uses this amazing example where every believer at that time, somewhere in their day, in their periphery vision, would have seen a Roman soldier. They were everywhere and they ruled. They were authority. They represented what it means to, 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 to be the, the rule, the war. They, re they represented everything. And they would understand what they stood for. And they would understand what the armor was about. And so believers would understand that. And he uses this great example, and he starts taking examples of the physical Roman soldier and then equating and analoging it to a spiritual truth that we could know how to battle with. Um, beautiful, beautiful examples. This is found in Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. <clears throat> I'd like to just maybe quote or just read that first as, a, as an intro because it's going to set the scene. We didn't get to all the armors, and now we're going to do the last few today. Right, so let me read this. This is found in Ephesians chapter 10, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. And allow the word of God as we read this word. I know that the Lord will speak to us, even when we, when we read this word. And uh, it, I know the Lord blesses every time we read his word. So it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. That's our enemy. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, as Audrey mentioned. And having done all of that, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, and in all circumstances take up the shield of faith, with which you, you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take up the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and applications. And at that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This passage, friends, it is loaded. And um, it has been a privilege to be able to share over this specific word last week and, and, and this week this, this as well. As I said, um, we worked through some of the armors last week. The first one was found in, um, uh, the first one was the belt of truth. I said a lot. I'm going to try and summarize it in two, three sentences. Um, this is the declaration. We need to believe that this word is the absolute truth with no wavering, with no doubt, with no sense of thinking we've got to believe that God's word is true. In the Bible, in Psalms, he actually, I haven't got the verse up there, but uh, in Psalms 18 verse 30, he says, My the word has been proven to be true. And then in John chapter 8 verses 32, I've actually got that up there. This is just so true. This was a freeing sense for me personally. As I was battling with, Lord, this truth is hard. The things that Jesus says is hard for me to believe. The Lord kind of just gave me this verse and I've held on to it and I've sensed the freedom. That you will know the truth, friends, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. It gives you the confidence to able to defend your Christianity to the objections. I made this bold statement for all of us to own last week. Um, that we need to school ourselves with an ability to defend, the, to, to, to defend our Christian faith to objections. That takes time. That takes us to consciously decide, I need to know how I defend. Because the world that we live in, you all know this, my children know this, I know this. That when it comes to people and when they start debating, everyone today has an opinion of the enlightened truth. And they want to share it and they want to break down your truth. When you say you believe in the Bible, be ready. Because they're going to bring up all the nasties. They're not going to do something nice or say something nice. They're going to speak about the things that they know they can, they can challenge you on. And I can tell you from experience that we are able to stand in the truth. And we're able to answer it. Take the time to know how to address this with apologetics. With, with ability to constructively, in love and grace, share the truth out of God's word. It is so much worth it. Because everything hangs on it. The belt of truth is where everything hangs on. For the Roman soldier, that supported not only his pants, it supported all his weapons, it held the, 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 the breastplate and everything that was on his back. Everything was supported by the belt of truth. Well, everything was supported by the belt of truth for us, but the belt for the Roman soldier. And everything hangs on that. If you don't have the truth, eh, we're going to get taken out. So that's why he mentions it firstly. Secondly, we spoke about the righteousness of God. I, I actually mentioned this in all the other sermons as well that we shared because the righteousness of God is, it's, it's the breastplate of righteousness. I said that it protects the vital organs for the Roman soldier. You can imagine the heart, the lungs are protected by the breastplate. Why did I say it's the vital organs? Because I used this beautiful poetic term because the righteousness of God is vital for all of us. And we made this amazing declaration and I'm just going to, Make it again that you are right now the righteousness of God in Jesus. That is just something to hold on to and to know that Jesus Christ's righteousness is wrapped around you. When the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus' righteousness. You're shining through the, the righteousness of God in the spiritual realm. 
everything we do, the sin that we create, the sin that we do now, yesterday, and in the future, disqualifies you, disqualifies me. And if the accusations come and it says that you aren't righteous because you've done this, you've done that, it is true. But here's the truth. But we are qualified. We are qualified through the righteousness of Jesus. We are qualified by Jesus because the disqualification is wiped away because Christ died, His blood was shed, He rose from the dead, and because of that, we are right with God. There's a verse that I just love sharing. I'll I'll put it up here. It's in 2 Corinthians, and this just summarizes Paul. It's just, God just used him uh, amazingly. This verse says it all. It says, for our sake, that is you and me, He, that is the heavenly Father, made Him, who's Him? Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that, that, that in Him, that is Jesus, we might become, that's you and me, the righteousness of God. What a declaration, friends. That is it. And uh, I just loved, as people were sharing, as well as understanding this reality of knowing your identity in the spiritual realm, that our enemy fears you because you're walking into a crowd and he senses, oh boy, I, I'm, I'm blinded by the righteousness of Jesus. This person, this son and daughter of God, knows who he is. He understands the authority. They understand the authority that they have in the situation. They're in the most dreaded, terrible moment. But in that, they know who they are in Christ. I can't do what I normally do. My accusations that I'm going to throw at him are just going to disappear because they know who they are in Christ. That is the reality of what it means to have that as your vital, vital, vital organ. Um, We moved on there and we spoke about um, the readiness of the gospel, to share the gospel. We said we need to share the gospel. It's it's, It's putting on the shoes of the gospel. It's about standing firm. The Romans would understand that the spikes that those shoes were made of, the sounds of those shoes as they walked in the road, the, the believers would understand that. And then, but we need to know, what has that got to do with us? Our spiritual reality is we need to be ready, in season, out of season, to share the gospel because what we hear from God's word, Romans 1 verse 16, there is power when the gospel is spoken. Listen to this amazing word. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. There's nothing more to say. To everyone who believes, friends, know this. There is power when you share the gospel. Hearts are changed. We went on to share. I was getting so excited last week, I didn't even quote the scripture. But we sent it. The next one was that we needed the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I shared how the word of God, the word of God, when spoken, there is power in sharing the word of God. What does that mean for you and me? Friends, When we speak the word of God, the hearer and the person that speaks it is lifted, is is, is empowered by God. Our faith is lifted when we speak the word of God. When we hear the word of God, faith is is released. Um, I said so much there, I I just wrote one or two things down, that that the Lord always confirms his word when it is spoken. That That is just the truth. He always confirms His word. The angels are standing at the ready to confirm God's word whenever it's spoken. That's the reality we're living in. Um, I get excited just knowing this because whenever we speak God's word, wherever we share God's word, I know that God will use that word 
for His purpose, and it'll break open hearts. It is the Word of God when we share it, when we share it in our prayers, when the Holy Spirit brings God's Word, promises that we can speak into our prayer life, that Satan has to bow because God's Word has triumphed. He came as flesh. He triumphed over the dead. And the Word of God is alive. It penetrates the heart. It changes the world. It will remain. And that was, that was last week. So allow me to now move into the last few. And again, I want to say this. Um, I've tried to summarize things, but please go back and, and, and hear what we shared in depth about those different arms and how we should own those spiritual things for our battles. Moving into the next one, of course, we find that as in Ephesians 6, verse 16. And I just want to, again, you know, when I was penning this down, as Audrey's speaking, I realized, Holy Spirit, you're so ahead of us. Because when Audrey spoke about things here, I've, I've, been, I've written this down a few weeks ago. And I know then, oh, thank you, Lord, because I see him. He's, he's using everything we bring to him on this day so that we can see that this is true. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says, In all circumstances, take the shield of faith, which can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one. Briefly, just that you understand this, in the Roman terms, the shields were big and rectangular. The shields were made with a hardened leather, and they would clip them together and put them on their heads, and these shields would defend them against the flaming arrows. It will quench the arrows. The citizens, the believers would understand this. This shield protected against the most dreadful things that were out there. And he uses this beautiful thing to say to us, the shield of faith, for us in the spiritual sense, the shield of faith quenches all the accusations that are brought to us in our lives. Everything that the labels, Audrey mentioned the label, Audrey mentioned the fact that the accusations just bomb, shatters your faith if you don't know it. it and, if, and, and Satan knows this. If he can break down our faith, we have nothing to stand on. The reality for all of us here in this building and those that are hearing us is that none of us can say that our faith hasn't wavered at some space because life is hard. There's things that we've, we've we experienced where our faith's been rattled. And, I, and I, I had to say to myself, Lord, I know that. What can I share with you to encourage you to know that you need to build up your faith? Because when your faith is shattered, and this is what was so cool, what Adrian said, I wrote this down, said, Lord, there's two things that, that we need to know when, what do we do when our faith is shattered? We need God's word. We need to hear, we need to see that God's word, because God's word builds our faith. That's the first thing. And the second thing I wrote here was that we need the body. We need the body. Because this is the truth. Um, this is a great example, and in, in, our, in, our, in our little world, so when your hand is hurt, when the left hand is hurt, the right hand automatically comes there to feel, to, to comfort, to be there where you've hurt your hand, hand or arm. In some cases, the hand comes straight away. You don't have to think about it. Your hand is there to say, oh, that's sore. Sometimes even you might just kiss it better or if it's an ouchie. But you're, so your mouth is involved, your hand's involved. If we are the body of Christ, some of the eyes, some of the hands, some of the toe, we are the body of Christ. The body should be there to encourage and to lift and to be there for those that our faith has been shattered. Because Satan wants to 
not just dent our faith. He wants to shatter our faith. And when we are hammered and hammered and hammered, we need to be like the Mariscas that brought her husband to small group, where I knew he was in no space to be in the small group, or seeing them come through the door, knowing that all he wanted to do was just draw away. We need the body. We need to be the body. We need to be sensitive when God calls us to be there for that person. And when we say, when we sense that someone's faith is broken, we don't just say, we'll pray for you. You must pray with them. They need to hear the word of God. You need to pray the word of God. That's why you've heard us pray here and you've heard us say, Lord, let your shield of faith protect us from the flaming arrows of the evil one over that person's life. You pray that to that person. Your faith is built. Their faith is built. Um, this is the reality, friends, of how important the faith of God is. And I want to just say this briefly, and that is that this, the faith is woven into almost all of the battle armors, spiritual battle armors. To have the truth around our waist, we need faith to let that truth just become real, to trust in, to lean on into the faith. When we think of the righteousness we've just spoken about, it requires us to trust that this is true for me. His righteousness is all around me. For every part of the armor, faith is involved. Um, it, is, it is something that God has given us to hold on to in this life. From there, we go to the next one, second last one. Um, oh, sorry, I missed a piece. Sorry, Alex, I need to say this. Jesus says in Romans 1 verse 17 that the, righteousness, the righteous will live by faith. Thank you. The righteous will live by faith. Friends, to live, we need faith. If you don't have faith, you don't live. That's the truth. You're going to be wiped out. You're going to be completely wiped out if you don't know that you need faith to live. You need to trust God. If you don't trust God, um, in the Old Testament when King Saul, he was told, I, I, I'm going to quote it now because I'm going to get it wrong, but he's, uh, the prophet says to the King Saul that you will be wiped out because you have no faith. Um, I'll try and, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get the verse now. The reality is, friends, the righteous, that's all of us who have an identity with Christ, live by faith. I'm so happy I remembered that. So moving on from there, we move to the next thing, um, which is verse 17. And it reads like this. Take on the helmet of salvation and then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We spoke about the Word of God before but the helmet of salvation. For, for all of those who would be interested to know this, the helmet has, has been a, a part of, of warfare for, 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 for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's there to protect the head. It's there to protect the head. And in our terms, in a spiritual, spiritual sense, um, Paul says that our salvation is, is there to protect our minds. When Adrian started sharing that, he's, he was hopeless because he was bombarded by these these thoughts that were telling him he's not worthy, that all that he was, he was facing as he was waking up is because our minds, and, that he's, and, and he didn't have the salvation to hold on to. But the change that happened in his life, when he could hold on to the fact that I'm saved, I've been baptized, it gave him hope. Now, um, 
I'm going to just read that verse. It's from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8. And just that we give, give some context. In, the, in, the, in the book of the Thessalonians, Paul also describes the armor, and he writes this. He says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate, we spoke about the breastplate, of faith and love, and for the helmet of hope of salvation. So he connects hope with salvation. He's saying if you want to have hope, you need a hope in the salvation. So hope is in the head. How to get hope in your lives? Let's first think of what it means to be hopeless. Audrey mentioned it's dark. It was a dark, dark place. I wrote down this, and I said, I really thought of my own life in the last season, and I thought of people I know that are, that are, that are really going through a sense of dreadful hopelessness. And the truth for me is that I've been journeying with people that don't know the Lord, and they've been faced with, with, with the realities of death in their families and, and in situations. And friends, it's nothing more dark than when you're facing the finality of death and you have no hope. And one has to be so sensitive when you're in that space with those people because your reality is so different. Our reality is so different. Our hope is a living hope. I'll, I'll share that now. But, but in that moment, I just realized, and there's been a few of those lately, where I felt the Lord saying, just be sensitive. You can't just say this to them. They're not in that space. And I prayed and I asked the Lord, but I want to share that, there's, there's, that there is hope. If you just, there's hope for you. Have this hope that I have. And I felt the Holy Spirit really put it on me. I will give you the opportunity. And what's been such an incredible thing, in that moment, I had the courage to say, because they knew who I was, and, and I could say, can I pray for you? And I knew in that moment, I then have the authority to pray for that person. And boy, did I pray. And I just shared with her the hope that I have, and I'm praying that I'd hope that she would have. And I, I just knew that that was my chance, because she gave me the, the right to pray for her, even though she doesn't believe anything. But God used that moment. So I'm asking you, in these moments when you're faced with people with absolute darkness, a dreadful place to be, seek the Holy Spirit to help you with authority, with faith. If you can't say it, just say, can I pray for you? And then let the Holy Spirit take over. Because that's the opportunity you have to share with people that are in that dark, dark place. That's, to me, an absolute terrible place to be. It is dark. But here's the amazing thing about the hope that we have. Our hope is a living hope. Now, it's not that we just hope because we had the salvation. Our salvation is living. Our hope is real. And, and, and Peter just says this most, it's just incredible. I'm going to just tell a little bit about it. He says this wonderful passage. He says, that this hope that we have, this living hope, it's unperishable. It's not going to be tainted. And he uses this incredible thing. It's not about just that salvation. He says this, that God in his power is protecting an inheritance for us. So God's doing something for you and me right now. We would have an inheritance that he's protecting for us and holding for us. That's, that's, what, that's, that, that's the living hope that we have. Let me read the verse before I, I get too excited. He says, blessed is God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again and to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The whole gospel right there from the dead to the inheritance that is unperishable, undefied and unfading kept in you for heaven. Friends, when I'm getting hopeless, this is the verse I go to. Lord, there's, there's so much of, of what you got prepared for me. I know my salvation is real. 
But not only that, Lord, I'm living with this reality that you're protecting something for me. Little old Ken, for me in heaven, your power is protecting. This is Ken's. I can't wait to share that with you, Ken. Hold on to that salvation. That gives you hope. It is just an incredible thing. But our minds need to be protected because from hope, it comes from hope, gets into our hearts, where it turns into faith. But we need the salvation to protect our minds from all this other stuff, these things that anchor us in the world. And it's real. So that's the helmet of salvation. And then finally, the last one is found in verse 18. And it says this. I just want to say before I read it, there's 12 letters in this little one verse. And every word is packed with so much revelation and so much power. Uh, and I'm excited to share this one with you. The verse is this. It says, pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplications. It's actually just that sentence I was going to preach about. But to the end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications to all the, to all the saints. Praying with all, at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplications. Friends, this is the truth. We've been sharing about the armor of God. We've had this picture of things, belts, swords, shields. Paul is writing this and showing us examples of what they are spiritually. With prayer, you don't have a picture or a something to relate to. And this is the statement that I want each of you to own with all your hearts. And that is, praying is really getting down to do the battle. If you want to know what it's like to be in a war, you need to pray. You want to know what we need to do? We need to be battle ready. We need to know how to pray. Because if we don't know how to pray, I have this image in my mind as I was pinning this down. I had this image of children, old people, young people being physically put on all this armor and stuff in the heat of a battle, being equipped with all these things and then being pushed forward into the heat of the battle, having never, ever tried, figured out, known what to do with any of it. Praying is what it requires for us to be able to own and know and speak and do. Everything I've said now, as we speak into God, it is about praying. That is how we are readied for the battle. And the truth is, if we try and do it in our own strength, and if we prayed when we were desperate, or when we pray when we we, we've learned some, some kind of, kind of practiced prayer. Try that when you're in a battle, when your day of evil comes, when you're faced with a real crisis, when you need to see a miracle in your life or in your family's life. We are hopelessly, hopelessly lost if we're not battle ready and know how to pray. That is what we're called to do. And I can say honestly from all my heart that how do I learn to pray? I learned to pray with, with, with being with you. When we get together and pray together, where we find opportunities to make that a priority in our lives. And I learn, I've learned over time, oh, when that man prays, something happens. I want to pray like that. Lord, I want to I pray like that. I don't want to have selfish prayers, as Adrian said. I want God to change the way I pray. I want the Holy Spirit. I want to pray in the Spirit. And here's the truth for, for me, and, and I'm sharing this from my heart is we pray together every Tuesday, 8.30 to quarter, quarter past nine. 
if the day I'll be completely blown away is when we have the same amount of people in the service that when we have when we pray. Why is that? The truth is, it is hard. And we decide that we value other things more important than being ready and battle ready to pray. That's the truth. Things are just, seems to be more important than praying. And it's hard. There's not many of us that love pray. There are some. I love those guys. But I, I have to make, I have to say, Lord, I want to fight. My wife and I, let's just, and we, we pray together. That encourages one another. As children, as a family, we pray together. Because I have to make those things a priority in my life. But without that, friends, we, we, will, we will be broken if we try and do all these things on our own strength. We need to do this in the Spirit, and I'm going to speak about that. I want to just share one thing, because I, as I look at to the, into the body today, and as I think of specific people, there are people in our body that know what it means to be battle-ready. There's people that have prayed um, for people that needed healing and a prayer chain. And I praise God because these people undertook that knowing that they needed a miracle in their lives. There's families in this church when someone that they dearly loved was, had multiple organ failure. And this is the reality of people, and I'm telling you this because I want you to understand that we need to get this. We need to be battle ready. This family decided to have a 24-hour prayer chain across the world on Zoom during COVID for the time that their, their beloved family member has heart failed twice. But they didn't stop praying. 24 hours for a, for, a, for a few days until they could see that he was starting to get better. Then they started to pray twice a day until today in the morning and somewhere in the, in the evening together from all across the world. And they'll continue to pray until they see him walk out, the, at the, out of the hospital. And they've seen God do incredible things. Now I'm sharing that because I want you to know that they are battle-hardened. That doesn't happen overnight. That means they've spent days in prayer. That means that they know what it means to trust in God's word. There's people that we've been praying for you over the years that I, I know that I can go to them because they understand that. Pray with me. We need to pray for this because they understand. And, and we need to be that, friends. And we need to pray in the spirit. Um, oh, I get excited about this. But um, I wrote this down. What does it mean to pray in the spirit? It means this, that when we pray the scripture, the Holy Spirit, who's the author of, the, of, of all Scripture, helps us to pray effectively. It's when our hearts, He reminds us of Scriptures to affirm in our prayers, which builds our faith. That's praying in the, in the Spirit. That's not praying kind of repetitive things that we've heard and done. Um, all those, all, it's, 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 it's something that is, it's, it's through the Holy Spirit. I want to quote this. A friend of mine shared this with me. I just knew this was God. Um, friends, we need to pray in the Spirit. It means the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. In our weakness to find the right words. The way to express our hearts to our Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. That is praying in the Spirit. We need this, friends. We need to be battled hard. And I want to just encourage you. Find ways to, to pray with one another. Because it's hard. And the worldly anchors will tell us, let's rather do this. Let's rather do that. Just trust me. We need to be battle ready. So having shared all of that, I'm going to close with one scripture. 
It's found in Romans chapter, chapter 8, verses 30 and 31. And this verse, we're going to be singing into it now. The band might come up now. It is, it is everything encapsulated for me of who we are and our identity in Christ and knowing that we have victory. It goes, it's, this is the verse. It says, and those whom he predestined, that's all of us that are believers in Jesus Christ, that he has called, that is whom he has called, he has also justified. And who he has justified, he has glorified. Think of your righteousness. Think of how you've been redeemed, that you've been justified. What shall we say to these things? What shall you and I say to the things we've shared over this time? If God is for you and me, who can be against us? Friends, please stand as I, as I close for us in prayer. I've shared a lot in this last half an hour, and I'm trusting God that He will move you to know that He is wanting to draw closer to you in these times, in the difficult things which we share. Just close your eyes, and, and as we approach Him, I want you to know this with all your hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your closeness. We thank You, Lord, that Your love for us knows no boundaries. We thank you, Lord, that we, we have declared that we want to open our eyes to know you more, to know who we are in you. Lord, we've declared with our hearts today, Lord, help me. Help me to be victorious when the waves of life, when the accusations come, Lord. I declare in the name of Jesus over all of us the things we are facing today in our lives, that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. What shall we say about this, friends? If God is for you, who can be against you? Trust the Lord that He will equip you to know and walk with authority as children of, of sons and, and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ. Focus your mind on the heavenly things and experience God in a mighty way. Tell us of your testimonies, Lord. May we speak of the great things you have done in our lives. We thank you, Father, you have not let us go. You've called us to hear this today so that you would change us. And I declare that in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.